Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. What's going on, everybody? New episode of First in Foxborough. Make sure you download, subscribe, stream it on the free Odyssey app, and wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you follow me, Kyrie Thompson, below. Let's get right into it. Day two of legal tampering for NFL free agency. It looks like big news for the New England Patriots. Not who they signed, but who they are about to lose. And that would be their best wide receiver, Jacoby Myers. Looks like he's going to be heading to Josh McDaniels, old friend, and the Las Vegas Raiders on a three-year, $33 million contract, $21 million of those dollars guaranteed, less than what I would have thought he would get and less than the cutoff for what I would have paid to keep him on the New England Patriots. But it sounds like the Patriots were obviously not in on him at that price. Kind of hinted as much. He said, you know, unfortunately things didn't work out with the Patriots, but the Raiders wanted him. He wanted them. He's looking forward to the situation, the coaches, the offense after what happened last year with Matt Patricia, Joe Judge and company. So there you have it. New England Patriots are going to lose their best skill player, not named Ramondre Stevenson, and are going to need to upgrade that position, whether in the draft or in free agency. And honestly, I think the only way you can do that is through the draft. And I'm going to explain why. In a moment. But first of all, I mean, let's get to the ramifications of this deal. The fact that Myers leaves on an $11 million per year contract. And again, $21 million guaranteed. I'm a I'm not that surprised that the Patriots were not willing to pay that price. I had an idea that we saw this with JC Jackson last year. And obviously, JC Jackson was, you know, he made an all-pro team in 2021 and goes out gets paid not even quite as much as we thought that he would be but again these are undrafted free agents guys that the patriots developed and brought up through their system and i'm sure that to an extent they feel like they could just make another one of those guys that said jacoby myers you know he's going to be good for the production i mean maybe he's not a you know 1200 yard receiver guy but he would have had a thousand yards if he didn't get hurt and you didn't miss a couple of games this year that definitely would have happened and maybe we're talking about something different in terms of his price tag if that had happened but i think it's curious and people have brought this up that the patriots essentially balked at a cheaper version of the deal that they just brought nelson Aguilar to the patriots on a couple of years ago 2021 it was kind of the same deal, like $10 million, $11 million a year. So 
And Jacoby Myers is a better player. He's a better player the entire time. And it's somewhat puzzling that you wouldn't make the same trade. But again, I think that, or rather the same deal. I think that some of it is the the upside, the traits. I mean, Aguilar had the speed, uh, you know, deep speed and yards after catching all that. Jacoby Myers doesn't really offer that. He just offers a guy who gets open and catches the football. And it's not that that's not valuable. It's just probably something that you could find elsewhere in the Patriots' minds. So all in all, I'm not surprised that this is the route that they chose, but it's going to highlight something that I feel like I've been discussing with Patriots fans for a while now and kind of dueling over this. I think that adding a right tackle is a must or adding a tackle to this offense is a must. But adding a wide receiver is arguably more important to me or adding an offensive skill player that matters is more important to me. And the discussion that I've been having and and the way that I've been thinking about it, right? Somebody brought this up on WEEI, Kelly from Amherst, if you're out there listening, um, that having a, a, an offense without a good offensive line is kind of like having a car with no wheels on it. You just can't get anywhere. And with wide receivers, it's like not have, it's not having an engine or, or like not having a, or having a slow versus a fast engine where, okay, it's not gonna, the car can still run without it. That's true. But you know what? I would say that if you are a race car, if you are a a performance car that is meant to be competing and winning, yeah, sure. You kind of need wheels in order to even get moving to compete. But if you don't got the, the turbo engine, you ain't going nowhere, not faster than everybody else. You, you're not competitive. I think, obviously, the offensive line is necessary for the floor of this team. Which, by the way, again, I researched this. The offensive line is not that bad. I, I feel like Patriots fans were so upset by some of the bad performances, which there were some bad performances individually, collectively for the offensive line, absolutely, in, in 2022. But by and large, the offensive line play was fine. Most of the only position that was consistently below average all year was right tackle. That's it. Every other position, at least in terms of pass blocking, okay, in terms of pass blocking, they all the positions, including Trent Brown and Cole Strange, whom everybody thinks both of them were so awful and you need to replace them, they were both just fine. Right tackle was the problem. Get yourself a competitive right tackle, a competent right tackle in free agency. And and that was one thing that stuck out to me about the Patriots being in on Andre Dillard. And I'm sure they were in on Mike McGlinchey and and Jawan Taylor sniffing around, I'm sure, to, to get an idea of the market. But they weren't, we only heard about them being in on Andre Dillard. That was telling to me because I'm sure part of it is they wanted a competent guy who's just going to come in and be able to start and contribute and potentially be a placeholder for whichever offensive lineman, offensive tackle you draft because they're going to draft a tackle. They will draft a tackle. If they don't, I mean, I, I, I give up. I'm, I'm straight give up. I don't even know what else to say if they don't draft a tackle. But 
all the the baseline is just competence. If if you can if you can do that, if you can just keep Mac Jones upright, that should be enough. I would take good wide res- I, I would take really good wide receivers and a decent offensive line over decent wide receivers and a really good offensive line. Because you know what? Great. If he could stand back there all day and it's a wall, wonderful. But eventually, blocking's going to break down and somebody's going to someone's going to put pressure on Mac Jones. And if you're standing back there for 4 and 5 seconds and no one's getting open, what are you doing? What are you supposed to do if you're Mac Jones? If you want to maximize Mac Jones, skill players, wide receiver, tight end, whatever it has to be is non-negotiable. Cuz the goal is what what do you want? Do you want do you want to be okay as an offense? You want to just be barely functional? Yeah, we're just going to run the ball and play defense. Is that it? Is that all we aspire to now with the New England Patriots? This kind of old school idea of like, yeah, just control the clock and just be solid. Everybody be solid and and, and we'll be fine. Or do you want to get like the rest of the NFL and actually have something approximating an explosive offense? Okay. I feel like you need to do both. You need to try to address both. You need to try to address offensive tackle, obviously. But to me, the Patriots, I, I you got to think that they believe that they can get a trade, whether it's DeAndre Hopkins, Brandon Cooks, Jerry Judy, something like that. They have to believe that they've got a bead on something or that they have a young guy like a Zay Flowers or Jackson Smith and Jigba that they really like high in the draft, or like a Josh Downs in the second round, even if you don't want to go first round with your wide receivers. Or there are a lot of fourth round options that I really like as well, potentially, at wide receiver. they got to have a bunch of guys that they like that they feel like can fit this system and do what they need to do. Because letting Jacoby Myers go and then the three top receivers you've got, I mean – Again, think about this wide receiver room right now. It's Devontae Parker, who solid when he's on the field. That's another thing. When he's on the football field, he's solid. Tyquan Thornton, Kendrick Bourne, who, again, went MIA last year, which that was probably more of a Matt Patricia thing than anything. But even then, is Kendrick Bourne really what we should be aspiring to in terms of playmaking? that he's going to be the savior of this offense. Should we be trying to aspire to that? I feel like you got to try to do better. And I mentioned so Tyquan Thornton. So he's a second round pick. He's the only one of those guys that is on the books for 2024. You have so much uncertainty at the wide receiver position. And then after that, the only other guys you, you've got on the team for this year are Lynn Bowden Jr. And, and Trey Nixon. That is just not good enough. It's it's not good enough. And then look at tight end, right? You traded John New Smith. You got out of that contract. Great. Very good. And now it's Hunter Henry, Matt Sokol, and Scotty Washington. I mean, I totally believe they're going to upgrade at tight end. I There's a deep tight end draft, one of the deepest ones people can remember. So I'm not worried about that. But to me, I feel like we got to get out of this idea that, oh, yeah, we'll handle wide receiver later after we've taken care of everything else. No, handle it now. Make plans to handle it now, okay? Walk and chew gum at the same time. Deal with the offensive line and wide receiver. Because, look, again, if you want to be an eight or nine win team that does the bare minimum on offense and controls the ball and, you know, Mac Jones is, is you know, fine, puts up pedestrian numbers, 
but great. Your offensive line is good. Okay, fine. You go ahead and you do that. If you want to actually compete with any team that matters in the AFC, I'm sorry. You got to have a better offense. You got to have better skill positions. And that means upgrading the wide receiver room. Okay. I'm sorry. It's too important. I, I cannot abide people continuing to downplay its importance. I feel like we saw that the last couple of years. Okay. And, and I was one of those people last year that, that was trying to rationalize the point of, yeah, you know, if you have a, a couple of, a bunch of B type receivers in your room, yeah, you just exploit matchup problems. It'll all be fine in this offense. Or even the year before when they had Josh McDaniels still here, still you know, B type wide receivers. You know, none of them were, were particularly amazing. And as the year went on, I mean, again, you're, you're seeing the same thing. Who's separating? Who's getting open? Who's making plays? Okay, Who, who's making those plays that, that an elite playmaker would make? And the answer was nobody. Okay? And they couldn't keep pace with the teams that could score. And that was when the offensive line was, was fine. It was, it was probably better off than it was last year. Though I think that was probably more coaching than anything. And, and you still have the same problem. So to me, no, I feel like you need to get your skill positions right. And I really hope that that is part of the plan now that Jacoby Myers is gone. Wide receiver is now a glaring need. Do not get it twisted. It is extremely important to get that figured out. You can get, you can get offensive tackle figured out in free agency just fine. And you can draft a guy just fine. But man, go ahead and, and, and wait and see what happens. Okay. If you if you go ahead and you just, yeah, let's fix the offensive line and then let's go ahead and like sign Robert Woods or sign Braxton Berrios. Yeah, sure. We're good. Let's go ahead and roll in with that because the offensive line's good. And watch you just win eight, eight games again or nine games again. And that's it. Okay. No, raise the ceiling maximize your quarterback while you can. That's what this whole rookie quarterback deal is about. Maximize that dude while you can. I don't know how many more teams have to do this in order for the Patriots to get the memo. Okay. Got to see it. All right. That concludes my rant. Thank you for tuning into this episode of first and thoughts for I'm Kyrie Thompson. Download, subscribe, stream the show on the free Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcast. Till the next piece of big news. See you later.